0: Welcome to the Lion's Roar Dharma Center podcast from Dona Darge Temple. This public talk by Lama Yeshe Jinpa was recorded during a regularly scheduled Sunday morning service.
1: Welcome, Happy New Year. Okay. Hear me in the back. Yeah, I'm good. Where'd Lindsay go? Can you come sit up front? Yeah. So, yeah, like... Mm. Dharma is uh, training for real life. Uh, Uh, Real life uh, starts in awe and not knowing, doesn't it? Our initial uh, pure perception. Do do you really, you know, do you really say this is this is this is that? No, that's secondary. It starts in awe and not knowing. So... uh, this morning, like, who's this uh, sitting up front in front of me, and who, who's this person I asked to come change seats, you know? So, uh, uh, in um, our style of uh, practice, uh, we emphasize starting with uh, awe and not knowing, like uh, uh, that kind of expression. Sometimes you see on. Uh, Padmasambhava Guru Rinpoche's, I don't know, white glasses, you know, kind of a little bit (laughs) like that, right? (laughs) Like, uh, not traumatized, traumatized is overwhelmed, it's whelmed. (laughs) Like uh, like that. (laughs) So I'm going to make a few remarks and then. ask our guest uh, to uh, make some uh, remarks also this is uh, I'm calling this January uh, the month of uh, mandala so I'll be talking about mandala uh, introducing the mandala today Um, then next week uh, Ellen uh, talking on mandala correct? correct? And uh, then I'll be seeing something on mandala again on the um, 20th. And then on 19th, actually, Saturday, then Lindsay will be doing a mandala workshop, which I'll talk about in a minute. And then last Sunday, Greg, uh, how how to run a good organization, something like that. <laughs> Mandala. Oh, Mandala. Yeah, you said it's Mandala. Yeah, Mandala. Yeah. yeah, Mandala. How to run a good organization, something how to, how to <laughs> like that, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so... Uh, it's funny, like I was... Uh, uh, Greg and I were talking about listening to uh, Lama Ersel, um Lama Yeshe's uh, talk at Vajirgeni in France. He goes to the translator, uh, "What am I talking about today?" Jada <laughs> <laughs> Jatimje <laughs> uh, did that to me last time he was here. <laughs> He's, he goes, uh, "There's no healing in Kalachakra." You know, it's <laughs> like, what? You know. So like I had to dig a little deeper, right? These are kind of traditional things that teachers sometimes go, oh, you know, this I, I don't know anything about Prajna Paramita. You know, oh I don't know anything about that topic. So I'm not gonna talk on that. But so I think it was a really good talk by Lama Ursul Torres. So <clears throat> uh, so the mandala is translated in Tibetan, Tilkor means uh, center and like edge, like circular, right? There's a center and there's a circumference. Um, Trang Birmashi very poetically said center and fringe, right, the fringe. <clears throat> so the mandala principle talks about how uh, the center which is still and the edge which is emerging how they relate with each other. We're always interested uh, how stillness and movement work together. Particularly in uh, Mahamudra practice noticing uh, how stillness and movement work together. That's the big problem, isn't it? We don't know, as human beings, we get confused. Like, what's changing, what's unchanging? Isn't that it? We're confused. Like, sometimes change seems too much, sometimes too little. What's, what's eternal, what's changing? <clears throat> so the mandala principle, mandalas, are meant to uh, help us embody that uh, dynamic. They're ultimately Meant to show us, here's what interdependent independence looks like, co-arising, co-dissolving look like. Here's what enlightenment looks like. <clears throat> so we have an example of Kalachakra mandala, uh, and uh, that's an aerial view, right? But what's the ground's eye view look like? <laughs> Take a look. <laughs> It looks like this. <clears throat> so the, the center, uh, generally we identify with uh, our uh, uh, stillness, the still part of our Buddha nature, the deity in the center, the Buddha deva in the center. And the, the fringes, the edge, is the emerging uh, uh, expression of that center. <clears throat> The center has structure, the center has uh, balance and stillness, uh, and the edge uh, is uh, emerging, kind of like uh, lava emerges from uh, earthquake, or something like not earthquake, but what what uh, volcano a little bit, you know, comes out. Anybody been to Hawaii and seen uh, lava flow? <laughs> it's amazing, right? Or Sicily or some like that, you know. <clears throat> so the the mandala uh, gives us uh, a structure, a typology, an image, a symbol, um, an archetype for uh, advanced practice. To uh, bring people together, to uh, have people get along, to do a temple, to do a country, to do a city, we need uh, a sense of mandala. It's not enough just to individually uh, get our act together between our ears, right? We have to work with others, we have to work with nature, we have to work with animals, we have to work with plants, we have to work with water. This is all mandala. Part of the mandala of our uh, 21st century involves uh, science, involves uh, scientific experiment and politics and um, experimentation. So here at uh, Lions Roar and Dona Darge, uh, we have classes in sacred dharma that involve like the sadhanas where we're evoking Buddha Devas and doing mantras and prayers and also uh, Uh, mindfulness practice without any prayers, without any um, teaching almost, right? So on the homepage for the website, I'm going to uh, have um, Rob put a a new sentence up, definition. So uh, I want feedback on this um, during the discussion period, okay? So here's the idea. (laughs) Uh, Lion's Dharma Center and Dona Darge Temple follow the Buddha Dharma. Uh, a humanistic tradition of transformation that recognizes and affirms the inherent and indestructible goodness of all beings. <laughs> this is a hard one. It's easier to say enlightenment of all beings. Because then we go, yeah, sure. But I don't know. Some people I don't think are good. <laughs> <laughs> so we can go. Yeah, they're all inherently Buddhist, but they're no good. So we have to really in Vajrayana, say the inherent and indestructible goodness of all beings, human beings, uh, rock beings, bird beings. You know, um, as Jada Rimche would say, um, uh, virus beings. Right. Yes. When he talked about Kalachakra, he talked about like all the little microbes and <laughs> diseases like that. <clears throat> We practice the unity of sacred and secular approaches, as the expression of the whole mandala of the awake human, like that. So, put that down. So I read it out one more time, so you can decide. Okay, that sounds hokey, or that sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) This would never happen in Asia. Right, you never like. Well, what do you guys think? No, no, no. Lions <laughs> are Dharma Center and Dona Dargi Temple follow the Buddha Dharma, a humanistic tradition of transformation that recognizes and affirms the inherent and indestructible goodness of all beings. We practice the unity of secular and sacred approaches as the expression of the whole mandala of the awake human. Mm. Okay, cook on that for a second, yeah. So then we'll we'll have a question and answer discussion moment. Uh, I'd uh, next like to introduce, bye Aaron. Yeah, he's a chaplain on call like that, so he's going over to Sutter like that. Those people that are chaplains and trainees be chaplains, uh, some, sometimes you have to wear a pager, right, and leave. Oh, I don't think he was insulted by the talk. I think he's just. <laughs> 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 Happens, though. <laughs> <coughs> uh, the person right here, Dor Lee. Uh, I found out that her Dharma name is Hokyo. Uh, uh, in Japanese, it uh, means uh, precious mirror. Mm-hmm. Isn't that nice? <laughs> yeah, precious mirror. So <clears throat> she's here to talk about uh, a workshop that will be happening uh, at Sacramento Dharma Center through Valley Streams on Kshitagarbha uh, Bodhisattva in Sanskrit and Jizo Basatsu. In uh, Japanese, Darlie's <clears throat> uh, greeted me several times when I've given guest talks over at Valley Streams, and of course uh, we've had um, uh, the Dharma Director of Valley Streams, Jim Hare. I don't know, call, I'm calling him Dharma Director. Is that the right name? Head Priest, Head Priest, yeah. So, and um, and what's what's Jim's Dharma name? So on, yeah, what's so on mean? Do you know? Hmm? Do you know what so on means? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, we'll find out. So, I like dharma names, you know. Um, when uh, you know, I uh, became monk and then received transmission and you get different names, and uh, you know, my given names are uh, uh, supposed to be dead, right? That's their tradition. Like, you're dead. the you know, the one in the driver's license is dead. You know, like, uh, there's no, you know, there's no kind of like, you're changing your name. No, you're dead, you know, it's like. A, so, fortunately, I like, I like my Dharma name, Yeshu Jampa. I hope that people have taken refuge like your names, right? Yeah. So, Doralise uh, is a uh, psychotherapist and um, Zen student, and she's studying with uh, some very uh, accomplished uh, teachers who studied also with uh, Kadagiri Roshi. <coughs> and uh, she can tell you a little bit about uh, her practice. Um, uh, it's important me to have really authentic people present not only dharma, but dharma uh, that also has the benefit of uh, psychological processes interwoven with it. Um, That's uh, totally legitimate uh, um, because we use dharma um, to liberate others and we use whatever in Vajrayana helps to liberate. So the hard part in doing Dharma, hard part in doing psych therapy is like, what heals, what really liberates? Is it genuine or is it um, you know, somewhat wobbly? So uh, I'm really uh, glad she's here today to talk about uh, the workshop, but primarily I, I just didn't want her to hand out the flyers and me to say, oh this is a good workshop, go to it. You, you want to meet the person. So in, in our tradition, we actually want to meet the teachers. We, we want to meet the person. Not just you know the principal. We want to meet the person. You you want to ask questions like, who are you? Where did you come from? Who did you study with? Where do you live? You know what do you like to eat? Right. We we like to know these kind of things. So in Vajrayana and enlightened Dharma, we we uh, are very special. We 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 can you know ask questions of our teachers, right? In cults, you can't ask questions. Isn't that right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, but here we can. So um, I, uh, I'd like to turn over. Do you have a you have a mic? Okay. Yeah. So um, she can talk as long as she wants, as long as we leave a uh, few minutes for uh, discussion because we usually take a break at um, what noon, right? Mm. Yeah, the mic. So I'm going to turn off my mic. So. Uh,
0: well. huh. I do have a soft voice, so I appreciate having a mic. And <laughs> So hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm very, very honored to be here, and especially because I've been invited to come here so that you can get to know me. That feels very special, and I've already experienced your generosity. I've been here since 8.30 in the morning and been given many, many opportunities to share and be intimate and uh, drink water. Um. (sighs) And I already experienced your generosity when Jim Hare was ordained here, and I came for his ordination. I hadn't been here before, and then all of a sudden, many of you were here, and you were serving us. And it was just very, very, it affected me very deeply. So thank you for having me again. And I am here to invite all of you to consider participating in this um, Inter Sangha Jiso ceremony that we're offering on February 2nd, Saturday in the afternoon from 1 to 4. And this is a ceremony to remember, honor, and bring your grief uh, to a loved one who has died or another significant loss in your life, or even a significant loss of a dream. Um, This is a very special ceremony, which I'll be sharing with you about in a few moments, uh, to uh, create a sacred and safe place where we can feel the interconnectedness of all beings and uh, have an opportunity to both grieve and transform our grief. I'm guessing most everyone has heard that a lot of people say Buddhism is basically about the great matter of life and death. Um, And it's true. just remembering now, and I think I share this with the Lama, that um, uh, shortly after my mother died, I, ended, I was in Japan, and I went to Mount Koya, which is a large mountain in Japan that houses about 116 active Shingon temp- Buddhist temples, and you can go there, and you can sleep in a temple, and then you can go through the temple at the end which is a graveyard. And at the end of the graveyard is the grave for, um, I'm gonna think, I'm not gonna say it right, Kobo Daishu, thank you, uh, who is, has a shrine there and um, the people who practice Shingon Buddhism believe that he's still alive and there's a worshiping of him every day. But I uh, went through this temple, that's maybe 10,000 graves. And um, almost every grave, for one thing, has a jiso um, bodhisattva, which I'll tell you about. But I walked through this grave, and it was like graveyard, and I thought, I have to get out of (laughs) here. You know, this is too much. You know, there's death all around. I can't stay here. And then some little voice said to me, no, stay here. Look at it. And I sat down, and um, it was like realizing that everybody here had a life and then died. Uh, and it was like, suddenly I could really take in, oh yeah, we all die. Um, and this is what the Buddha says, right? <laughs> Suffering is universal. You know, We all get sick, we grow old, and we die. But all of a sudden, in that moment, then the question arose, well, if we all die, then what is life? And I never really thought of asking the question quite like that um, before. So I kind of sat with that for a while, and then what came up was, well, life is love. And Joanna Macy, who's a very famous... Vipassana teacher says, if we can't grieve, we can't love. Um, So it turned out, um, this this happened recently, but way before that, um, about 35 years ago now, um, when I gave birth to my daughter, it also turned out that in that time period of two years, four people in my family died, in my original family, and then, it, and then a year later, my 14-year-old nephew died of an asthma attack. And I went to therapy, I, um, nothing helped, but I didn't even know I needed help for a long time until um, I found my teacher and I was invited to sit and um, I realized this was the only thing that was going to help me turn towards all these losses Um, and not in an overwhelming way there was something about the practice that helped me do this in a way that brought more life uh, over and over and over again Um, so even at this time, though, I have to tell you this because, um, for a long time, I don't know if you know the Rumi poem about the chickpea, that the chickpea that was put in the hot stew to to kind of come become soup, and the chickpea kept hopping out of the soup, and then the person would take the spoon and knock the chickpea back in the soup. And, and I realized, well, that's that's my life, you know. I'm I'm the chickpea trying to get out of the soup. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to actually stay in there long enough um, to really um, be heated up, be able to let go, to become part of the soup. <laughs> um, so, um, fast forwarding now to when I went to my first Jiso ceremony and I want to tell you about Jiso because the Lama was talking about who, I- which is the Indian name for the great Bodhisattva. And um, I'm excited about all of this because the great Bodhisattva, the mythology of the stories, actually goes back to 600 B.C., which is before Shakyamuni Buddha. So this this Bodhisattva now goes through all the Mahayana traditions. So we share this Bodhisattva in our traditions. And... Um, Uh, Jiso is called the Great Bodhisattva because this is the Bodhisattva that um, creates the ability to move through the mystery of life and death. This Bodhisattva carries us over the threshold between life and death, and this Bodhisattva goes with us into the hell realms of profound suffering. Uh, And not only that, but this Bodhisattva moves us through all the six realms. And so th- this is a very powerful bodhisattva. Uh, and basically brings us the capacity to be fearless, to be courageous, to be tender, and to be able to turn towards our suffering. Because really that's what frees us, because we want to be able to have everything emerge in our lives. Um, so origin if you see the statues of Jiso, he, she, and it's a he, she, carries a crystal and it's like a light. So this Jiso provides the light and through which we can look. Uh, and also Jiso carries a staff uh, that as we go down into the hell realms, the Jiso protects us from any danger. Um, So, um, in a few moments now, I'm going to tell you about the Jiso ceremony that we're going to be offering. But I also want to talk about grief a little bit because um, in our culture, we're not really encouraged to grieve, we're encouraged to get over it. Uh, We're encouraged to think there is an over it. And so in our regular lives, you know, it's often very isolating for people who are in mourning or grieving because we don't keep each other company very well. But I think there's a misunderstanding about grief, too. People think of it as being sad or being angry or, you know, just specific emotions. But actually grief, grief is very complex. We can be sad and relieved at the same time. We can love and hate and be angry all at once. And if you stay with grief, it opens into something else. So um, this ceremony uh, has a very um, sophisticated understanding of the grief process. Um, there's this understanding that a lot of the suffering that we experience in grief is because we're embodied beings and the way that we express our love is through our bodies. Like we touch, or we hold, or we cook for somebody, or we make them something, or we go with somebody. It's a very embodied process. So when somebody dies, or we lose our connection with somebody, we lose the ways we know about to express our love. So I was really, um, I don't know how many of you know Susan Orr, she was one of the main founders of the sacramento dharma center dearly beloved woman who died this past september and we had a memorial service for her and i amongst many people i just had to make something for the reception and i just had to sign up to help set up the reception and so when i got there you have never seen so much food I've never seen so much food. And now I understand. Okay, this was the embodied expression of overwhelming love. And it came out this way. So this Jesus ceremony is constructed to honor this um, way that grief moves through us. So um, if you come, uh, there'll be some time to gather in the room But the ceremony itself occurs in silence, and for an hour, we have all kinds of art materials, and for an hour, everyone will make an offering to the jiso, or to your loved one. And this offering is your hands creating something that expresses your grief and your love, and your hate and your anger, whatever is there. You pour it into what you will be making and it's not like you make a thing that has to look a certain way. It's a process where you let your grief guide you, and you might see some material that you're drawn to. So it's created out of your full engagement with, with your love and your grief that you're bringing. And then we will form a circle, and each person will be invited to bring their offering to the Jiso altar and offer a prayer. And there'll be some chanting. And then we will make prayer flags and have a processional out to our temporary Jiso garden uh, to hang the prayer flags. And then we will have a dedication. Um, So I wanted to share my time. Um, Just the last time I did, and I've been in training to conduct this for about two and a half years, so um, it's really, sort of been planted deep within me, and I'm really honored and so happy to be bringing this here to Sacramento. Um, The last time I participated, uh, and some people come not even knowing yet what they're grieving or who they're grieving. You just come because you feel you want to give this to yourself. And often just sitting Something will arise. So my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, arose, um, who I love very deeply, but had a kind of complicated relationship with. And but she rose in my mind, and I realized I never told her I loved her, and and that felt hurt. And it's like, oh, maybe that's what I'm now being called to do in my offering. And so I started bringing all the colors together and my grandmother taught me how to sew and I made this little quilt. And this was for her. And as I was making it and I saw the rough edges around it and I thought, no, I'm gonna leave the rough edges because somehow her life wasn't quite complete. So then I took it to the altar, but then I brought it home and I put it on my home altar. And about a month later, I looked at it, and I suddenly said, I suddenly thought, oh, this is my quilt. This is my life. My life is still being woven. And so there was a sense of, like, the gift given and the gift coming back, and that's part of the transformation of this ceremony that I think is so powerful, um, come and maybe you'll notice that you don't even know why you want to come but you just want to come um, so thank you for listening
1: very good yeah, yeah you did well with the mic too
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: it'll roll off just let it roll off
0: So uh, we
1: have a. Yeah, so uh, we're going to have a short discussion, then take a break. You can come up and say hello to Doralee, and then uh, Doralee and I will walk out after the service and and sit around in the uh, community room. And I also uh, want to introduce Lindsay Parkinson for a moment. <clears throat> uh, Dorley made the connection between uh, uh, grieving, loss, and creativity, right? Um, this is an essential part of uh, Tantra, of Vajrayana, is what uh, other vehicles or other traditions see as a problem. Uh, we. Uh, as the liberation model. So uh, we work with uh, the energy of desire and transmute that into the desire for awakening. We work with uh, loss and change and uh, bring out its inherent creativity within that. So the uh, center of the mandala, we could say, is unchanging, um, but the uh, edge or the fringe, which is constantly uh, changing or falling away, is also the creative edge. That's why it's absolutely necessary that um, uh, in Vajana we have artistic expression, or just expression, because the mind expresses itself unceasingly, isn't that so? <clears throat> So the uh, arts program here at Lines Roar uh, ties in not just with being artistic, but with the very nature of how in Vajrayana we uh, transmit uh, <coughs> loss and desire and ignorance into uh, realization and bliss and creativity. <coughs> it's interesting, you know, <laughs> uh, so um, I'm going to be sending out uh, kind of a email maybe next week um, uh, called Art Saves Lives. So uh, uh, we've been gathering, Patty's helped me gathering some quotes from people to uh, point out how uh, the nature of art and creativity uh, is uh, an essential part of our practice here. So uh, maybe Lindsay should come up and just say hello, you know? This is totally unscripted, right? You know, so, yeah, it does come up here. So, yeah, you know, it's like, spontaneity depends upon structure. So we actually do have, I actually think about these things, but I don't always tell people, um, because uh, that's in my training. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to say something about the mandala workshop? Sure.
2: Um, hi, I'm Lindsay Parkinson. I'm an art therapist and marriage family therapist. Um, So thank you for welcoming me here today. I really appreciate it. I feel very special um, and a little nervous (laughs) Um, So on the 19th, I'll be having this workshop It's a six-hour workshop, and you'll have a chance if you're interested a chance to create um, up to 12 different mandalas They'll be uh, small. I'll have a few different sizes uh, and there's no sort of obligation It's um, kind of whatever kind of you feel like expressing so even if you come and create one or two, um, that's totally fine. If you want to share, you can share if you don't want to share, that's okay. Um, the utmost importance is to have a safe place to come and create and express yourself and I'll be talking about um, the archetypes uh, and symbolism and that we create sort of unconsciously and uh, ideally it will be a good chance to connect in a different way that we don't often have a chance to connect and um, and have fun and play and kind of get in touch with our inner child. So, I hope to see you. Um, again, thank you for everything.
1: <laughs> that was good. Now you have to still stand here. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I've been really enjoying. I had time in my busy schedule to do uh, a few uh, uh, consultation, internal work, so, uh, you know, with Lindsay up in her office at uh Health, so uh, that's been fun and therapeutic and enlightening, you know? So um, everybody that comes here and offers something, I, I want to get to know them. I want to, you know, take teachings from them. I want to be involved, you see? So nobody's just kind of like, Here's some expert, and we're doing that. So uh, if they're fantastic, then, uh, you know, it's because we've gotten to know them, right? Like that. So we want to get to know uh, our our therapists, our artists, our dharma teachers, uh, you know, to, to see them, to smell them, to taste them, to touch them, right? That's Vajjana, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? So... Uh, there's uh, one of my teachers at uh, Naropa Judith Simmer Brown. Anybody familiar with her? I hope so. She she has a book called Daikini's Warm Breath. So, and uh, then sometimes Kagyu uh, is called, uh, uh, a lineage Kagyu is kind of, sometimes like command, <laughs> direct speech, like it means whispered, whispered, right? Kind of. Technically. So you have to be close enough to your teacher, to yourself, to your uh, Dharma brothers and sisters, so you're whispering to them. You have to know, you know, like uh, what your teacher and your students smell like, right? That close. So, like, the real thing is like when Dharma students, you know, like, I remember one time at Watt Avenue, like, uh, uh, when Choden Rimshe was visiting, bringing his attendant, uh, he said, oh, what did, what did Geshe Gatso like to eat? Do you think that was a trivial question? <laughs> Why wasn't that a trivial question? Yeah. Yes, if I didn't know what he liked to eat, it would show I was just a, you know, a shravaka, just to hear. Right, what do you like to eat? What you know? What color was his bath towels, right? That's that's how we get to know each other. What you know? You're sitting down. You're eating with people, so that's why we have kind of our uh, vajra feast, right? Afterwards, so hopefully, uh, Lindsay and Dorley can hang out a little bit afterwards, so you can see like what do they like to eat? Are they are they eating like pretzels? Or are they eating you know like uh, you know broccoli?
0: <laughs> <laughs> are, there, are there
1: any like can we have short questions and discussion or for either of these two real quick? What day is your
0: workshop? Um the nineteenth. It'll be from oh. ten a.m. to four PM. Yeah. 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 February second, Saturday, 4. February second. Yeah. February 2nd. yeah. February. Yes, February. Thank you. Yeah.
2: You mentioned in your child healing or being affected. Yeah. A little bit of both. Uh, hopefully, um, I think often um, with art we um, we're encouraged when we're young to create, but it kind of goes away when you get older, um, and so. It's really important to play and create all throughout our life. Mm -hmm. um, So hopefully this is a chance to kind of connect with that again and and Yes? Where did you get your training? Um, I went to Notre Dame de Namur University. It's in Belmont um, on the peninsula. And it's a marriage family and art therapy Mm combined program. And so I had a chance to do this workshop with my teacher, Doris Arrington. She's an author. has her PhD in art therapy and um, so I I was terrified when I showed up to do it so um, it was a two-day workshop with other students um, but it really it was great you know she was very uh, supportive everyone was supportive it it was just a really um, transformational workshop for me and so I wanted to bring a a piece of that um, as well as get to know folks I'm kind of new to Sacramento so um, yeah
1: thank you good so
2: yeah sure um so this art directive is um, it's based around uh, the great round of mandala it's a um, ten year kind of research project that um, this woman Joan Kellogg had um, been doing and and she found over time when as, as she would have folks come in and create mandalas and she found um, symbols that would repeatedly come up patterns um, twelve different um, symbols and and then she kind of, she related to what she knew about the person who created that piece and, uh, and the symbol as different phases, kind of in a, in a cycle, life cycle. Um, and so, and it's really interesting, you know, it's, it's kind of subjective. You can um, take different things from it. It's very much your own interpretation and as well as communities. So I'll share, I'll touch on that sort of at the end um, of the day. But uh, the, so those archetypes are just kind of a chance to, to see where your unconscious took you with your creativity and whether or not you kind of relate to that archetype or phase in the, in the cycle.
1: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So let's, uh, let's take a short break, and people can come up and say hi during the break too. But they need to stretch and pee, right? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so come back in five minutes, all right? Omahong. Just a few words about uh, meditation. In our tradition, we, we start with uh, shamatha, uh, or shine in Tibetan. That means, uh, actually, like, tranquility or stillness. So we, we train to stillness first, and then change the second, and then combine the two. We don't start with change, we start with stillness.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: and kind of psychotherapy style, lots of times people just start talking about their process, which is change, and the therapist is supposed to be the still one, right? Model stillness, like you're just sitting there. Okay. But Dharma, we, we actually have to be the therapist. So <laughs> we start with stillness first and then change second and then and then we combine the two. If your life's traumatic and chaotic, you can't start with change, right? You can't say let go. No, you have to start with stillness. So, whatever style of meditation you do in Vajjana, we, we actually start with stillness. That makes sense, right? That's important. Not, not the like, in Vajjana, we don't start with uh, uh, change, right? So in Theravada Buddhism, you, you, the meditation is based on um, impermanence, suffering, and no self, correct? The, those three marks. In shamatha practice, like for those people I asked to read Genma is Calming the Mind, does, does Genma say anything about letting go, impermanence? Suffering, anything like that? No, nothing. Right? Just about developing uh, stability, developing awareness, developing balance, developing you know insight. N- nothing about change. <laughs> There's no nothing. Not interesting, right? So in. Our tradition, we, we do get to change, but we, we first start at the center of the mandala with the stillness and then grow out, uh, see the uh, you know change, the creativity emerging from there. And then in Mahamudra and Dzogchen, we see them as essentially same nature. Yeah. That's important. If you don't start out with stillness, start out with really developing a strong, uh, stable awareness, you won't be able to do Tantra. When we say in Mahamudra, rest in the nature of awareness, rest in the nature of mind, when we say uh, in Dzogchen, Kadag, primoral purity, you, you will not know. That'll just be an idea, right? Just be concept. Just we call a patch. So I know it's hard to just slow down, and you know uh, achieve the stability. But that's also one reason why uh, there is an emphasis on visualization and on the detail and on the uh, pictorial art. You know, so uh, pictorial art. I don't know. Cynthia could say better, but you know, there's something where. When you're looking at Mandala or looking at Didi, there's there's the stillness, but then also you see the movement within the stillness, right? Sometimes she'll give a talk on this, I know. (laughs) Whenever she's ready, yeah. Okay.
0: This has been a Lions Roar Dharma Center recording. For more information, visit lionsroardharmacenter.org.